Hey everybody, it's been a little while since we've put out a podcast, and uh, I recently was doom scrolling through Twitter and came across a story that I found rather heartwarming. Uh, wanted to share a couple I, thoughts surrounding it. So uh, to to kick off my my view of American history and this the the stories that we tell ourselves, the fable that we've grown up on was a bit of a um, eye-opening experience for me when I started reading on my own, uh, getting past the elementary and middle school and high school. Um, indoctrination is a pretty strong word, but but you know the bubble, the broth that we we have been raised in to understand American history. And through an examination of what America has actually done, it doesn't live up to the ideals that were instilled in us as children. And there are pundits, politicians, you know, actors on the left and the right or center and the right, that when you bring up though that difference, that that juxtaposition between what we've been taught and what we're looking at in the history books, that that's un-American. And... I'm having a bit of a hard time with that constant refrain. And um, for a specific example, there was on July 4th an article in the Washington Post called It's Time to Reconsider the Global Legacy of July 4th that was at the crux of the article was asking people to look at the history of America that our fight for independence from from England turned into the, you know, our fight against empire still yielded an American empire. So the thing with that, uh, that we celebrate on July 4th, uh, independence from empire, we now have an American empire and there are those who are under our empire that we are not considering. So it was a, it was an article that asked people to look at the place of of race in that hierarchy and how race has been used within an empire to kind of create a self-fulfilling prophecy that our empire is good because we need to help them and we're here because we need to help them therefore we have to have an empire to help them and you know regardless of whether the merits of that discussion the thing that got me was the tweet from Ted Cruz that said, and and for those of you who've listened to almost literally anything I've said about politics, you'll know that I loathe uh, Ted Cruz. But here's the tweet from Ted Cruz. This is the modern left. They hate America. And it's not that I hate America. I don't hate America. I I feel very strongly. I feel very patriotic uh, uh, welling inside of me. And I am... um, a very patriotic person. And when it's just not in the traditional way. Uh, but the thing that got me on Twitter the other day was a, a reification of my patriotism, what what it actually means to me. And it was a Twitter thread from CAF at CAF in US, Canadian Armed Forces in US, telling the story of the Christmas tree in Boston Common, which is sent every year from Nova Scotia. And I've been to Boston at Christmas time. It's beautiful. I've uh, been to Boston Common. I've seen the Christmas tree, but I didn't understand. I didn't know the history behind it, and so now it's 
quite a bit. It's a deeper feeling. So this dates back to December 6, 1917. Um, and this is pulling, most of this story is going to pull directly from that Twitter thread. So if you want to see it yourself, it's at CAF in US, C-A-F-I-N-U-S. And it's December 6, 1917, two ships collide in Halifax Harbor. And one of them had 2.9 kilotons of explosives for the war effort. Started a big fire. Um, and there were people trying watching this fire happen. And then the ship went up. The ship blew up. Uh, the, the blast was absolutely massive. It shattered windows 60 miles away. It leveled everything within a, a mile and a half. And the ship's anchor actually landed 2.3 miles away. Uh, 1,600 people died instantly, and another 400 more would die within a few days from their injuries. The USS Tacoma was 52 miles away when they felt the blast, and a man named Captain Power Symington immediately altered his course towards the explosion. They headed straight towards it. Didn't know what it was, didn't know what happened, uh, but America responded. And then Massachusetts Governor Samuel McCall heard of the disaster, and immediately sent out a telegram. And I'm going to read it to you. It's pretty short. But it says, To the Mayor, City of Halifax, Nova Scotia. Dear Mr. Mayor, I'm sending Honorable A.C. Racheski of the Massachusetts Public Safety Commission immediately to your city with a corps of our best state surgeons and nurses in the belief that they may be of service to you in this hour of need. I, hardly, I need hardly say to you that we have the strongest affection for the people of your city and that we are anxious to do everything possible for their assistance at this time. Kindly express to the people of your city the very deep sympathy of the people of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts and assure them that we are ready to answer any call that they may need at, make upon us. Immediately upon hearing of the terrible blow dealt to Halifax, I sent the following telegram to you. Understand your city in danger from the explosion and conflagration. Reports only fragmentary. Massachusetts stands ready to go to the limit of rendering assistance you may need be in need of. Wire me immediately. And then on the back side it said, To the Mayor of Halifax, page 2. Upon being informed that the wires were out of commission through the good offices of the federal government at Washington, this further telegram was sent to you by wireless. Since sending my telegram this morning offering unlimited assistance, an important meeting of the citizens has been held and Massachusetts stands ready to offer aid in any way you can avail yourself of it. We are prepared to send forward immediately a special train with surgeons, nurses, and other medical assistants, but await advice from you. Won't you please call upon Mr. M Mr. Richeski for every help that you need? The Commonwealth of Massachusetts will stand back of Mr. Richeski in every way. Respectfully yours, Samuel W. McCall, Governor. And then there was a P.S. Realizing that time is of the utmost importance, we have not awaited your answer, but have dispatched the train. So within an hour of hearing the, of the disaster within Boston, $1.9 million was raised, and in 12 hours, a train with supplies, nurses, and doctors was on the way. That's the America that I love. I don't need fairy tales. I don't need propaganda. The solidarity that we show to each other is the foundation that I view America having been built on, right? Like the, the things in American history that were awful, that were tragedies, that were genocides, those things are true. 
But when I choose to look at America, I view them as a thing that America has done, but that Americans today can choose a better path, right? The, the struggle for a more perfect union, if you, if you want to use some of the founding fathers, or not even use struggle, but uh, in search of a more perfect union, um, is something that I view as incumbent upon all of us. And this is an example of the kind of partner America can and should be when our neighbors are in an hour of need. And by neighbors, I mean literally anybody on the planet. So in summary, I have a, a, another quote. We began with a quote from Ted Cruz, and I have another quote from James Baldwin. And that quote is, I love America more than any other country in the world, and exactly for this reason, I insist on the right to criticize her perpetually. So when I'm criticizing our society and culture, it's precisely because I hold us in such high regard. It's because I am an American. I'm proud to be an American. And when I see things that don't live up to the history that I was taught or that feeling of America that I was taught uh, growing up, I feel a need to correct it. I feel a need to stand up and say something. I feel a need to change the course or the discourse or refocus the attention on the the from the propaganda or the false you know remembrance of an America that never was and say if that's what you want if you want to pretend that that's the America that that was well we should start now of changing the like the course that we're on so that the next generation and the generation after that can have a story of an America that was and then the America that we made it the America that we made it because it wasn't living up to the, the you know, what we consider America should be. It wasn't living up to the story. It wasn't living up to the marketing. It wasn't living up to, you know, Emma Lazarus's poem at the bottom of the Statue of Liberty. It wasn't living up to the, the fairy tales we've told ourselves. And so we changed it because we could, because we knew it was right. And we didn't hide our head in the sand. Head our, hide our head in the sand. We took ownership and we made a change. And so when you see someone criticizing something that America does, it doesn't necessarily equate to that they hate America. And there may be people that actually do hate America. They grew up there grew up in America and they choose to hate America. But that's not a overarching feeling of the, you know, the the left, the air quotes left. So I wanted to, I had that juxtaposition in my head of strolling through Twitter and seeing some truly awful things that we're doing and our politicians are doing and the discourse in Washington and how awful that is. And then this little encapsulation of what, why we, or why Boston gets a Christmas tree from Nova, Nova Scotia every year, because that, that act, that solidarity is an enduring thing across generations across borders that when human beings needed each other somebody stood up and said i'm here to help and i think we should build an america off of that not some fairy tales from a past so in in this christmas season i hope that as you scroll through, as you scroll through Twitter, or you read any of these articles, uh, bear that in mind, uh, if you would. So 
in in closing, think for yourself and focus on solidarity. <laughs>